welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit, entertainment talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? It's going good, how's it going with you? Going alright, yep, not too bad, not too bad at all. Uh, so we moved the show from Tuesday to Wednesday, which was only one day, which is perfectly fine to do. Uh just want to talk about it up front, I think, really, because um, there wasn't much shown. Uh, we, we moved it because Sony did a state of play today, uh, which is for Wednesday, 27th of December. And they only basically showed one game of note. That doesn't mean the other games are going to be bad. It's just there was really only, only one game of note. I think you watched it as well. Uh, they showed a game called Little Devil Inside. Um... What did you think of the state of play and the uh, and the game itself? Uh, I actually fell asleep. That's how underwhelming it was. <laughs> I kind of nodded off for half a second. Uh, the only other thing that even remotely caught my attention was the knockoff, not Sonic, Sonic kart racing game. Right. Yeah. So, because um, instead of leaving it to the news and all that kind of thing, we just watched it, so it's kind of fresh in our minds. And I just thought I'd I'd mention it. I do think Little Devil in, Little Devil Inside looks quite good, actually. I thought that looked interesting and kind of different and stuff. Some interesting little uh, animations kind of happening and whatnot. Yeah, the art style is really nice looking. It's just yeah. you get no sense of what the game's about. Mm, yeah, uh, some interesting bits of travel and that kind of stuff. I thought that was kind of decent. I thought the combat looked kind of interesting, actually. Um, but it just looks different as opposed to what we sort of the games we kind of get now. But uh, I think Sony could have just released that as a trailer and not done a state of play, really, because it just didn't mm-hmm. really. There was this is the worst state of play that they've done. It was one of the shorter ones, granted, uh, but there really wasn't anything else of of particular note. I don't think many people are going to come away remembering a lot of the other games. I mean, if you watch this with like your kid or something they might be interested in the little kart racer but then they might have played mario kart or crash team racing so they've already had some pretty good games i'm assuming so i just thought i'd mention it uh up front uh i don't think there's anything else to mention from the from the state of play so because i was kind of thinking like can we see some more hogwarts legacy can we see uh e- e- even like call of duty vanguard or battlefield but no we we didn't see any of that which was uh which was a shame so aside from that uh what have you been actually playing recently uh i've been on the road a lot i'm actually on the road right now that's why it sounds different Mm -hmm. um i was out of town thursday and friday last week i've been out of town since monday and i'm not getting back into town until friday so i haven't really had a whole lot of chance to play um haven't had played any more uh New World. It's not that I don't like the game. I do. It's it's still a fun thing to do with certain aspects of the game. But as more and more time goes on, it's clear that that game was not ready for launch. There's a lot of people that have already gotten to the high-end content complaining that some drops don't even exist in the world yet. They can't even prove what the item they claim they need to drop has ever actually dropped for anybody because nobody's got it yet. Um, some of the math doesn't work out where if you max out a skill set, the bonuses that you get don't actually apply, which is very, very not a good thing for a game. Uh, so I bounced around a little bit between this and that and the other. Nothing super serious, more just 
something else on the background. So my my brain is pretty split right now at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, no worries, no worries. Uh, I finished Psychonauts two. Um, which I want. I wondered if I was going to finish it by next week's show. I did finish it by Friday or Saturday or something like that. Very good. Uh, very happy with it with the end result of the game. I've still got the two main issues with it, which is the combat and the structure of the story. Um, but ultimately, when when the game got into the final act and more of the characters came together, the story really sorted itself out, and the structure of it really sorted itself out. Um, I still think the platforming was fantastic, really fun to play. I still think the characters are really interesting. I still think the relationships between those characters are really interesting. I think that world is really interesting as well. So it's got a lot of good th- things, really good, uh, a lot of good things really uh, going for it and that. But uh, I, I just had the same two consistent problems throughout the game, uh, which was the combat and the structure of the story. Uh, and, and, and just an, an overall kind of idea of where is everybody like what is everybody actually doing and then like the last set piece of the game like literally everyone comes out and is, is sort of like gets involved and and it made for a really good ending for the game as well i thought uh so uh, quite quite enjoyed it i thought it was great going to be reviewing it at some point soon i've just got to wait for a couple of things to fall in place um i'm not going to give too many hints as to what that is involving because I don't have anything properly sorted out yet, but hoping to soon. Uh, other than that, so yeah, I finished the game, which was good. Um, so I kind of moved on from Psychonauts 2. Uh, started Metroid Dread, uh, which is the newest Metroid game in the series on the Switch. I uh, really like it. I really, really like it a lot. Um, now, there's one issue I have with the game, but there's clearly ways around it. Which is that you're going up against sometimes these robots... That once they sense you, which is I think through like sound and that, they will hunt you down, chase you, and once they like get on top of you, they'll go to put this like spike into your head. And basically the idea is that you can counter it, but it's really, really difficult and the timing is really difficult. What I started doing with that is instead of waiting for the spike to come out and encounter it, I would just smash the... Uh, counter button loads of times and it improved my chances a lot of countering that particular attack but uh, atmosphere I really like the atmosphere of the game it's got this very horror sort of centric thing going on I really like the uh, puzzle solving kind of within the platforming like there's sometimes water levels and you have to figure out how to get through those Uh, I have some small issues with the controls just that you can't um, you can't move backwards as you shoot but there's a particular get way that this game wants me to play it, which is it, it wants you to kind of jump around a lot and, and shoot. So I've tried to sort of adapt myself to doing that. Uh, but no, it's, it's it's pretty good so far. I've played about two to three hours, I I, I would say. And um, uh, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. It's just, uh, I, I suppose it's just those tense moments when you're trying to get yourself through those sections with those enemies. Because there is actually particularly particular um, parts of the map that are set out. Um, for that that you'll be like in their area kind of thing. So you'll you'll know when you will and won't get attacked by these things. At least at the moment, maybe that changes later. Uh, you also speak to this kind of like AI computer sort of thing, and it basically warns you that you're not strong enough at the moment to fight these things. 
you need to just run basically uh which comes quite apparent once it starts hunting you down but no for my like for this is my first metroid game i've not played any of the others i've always had a, a, a kind of little interest i thought they always looked kind of interesting and samus as a character looked kind of interesting as well um but no it's a perfectly decent jumping on point um the story isn't anything too heavy at the moment it's mainly just gameplay of you trying to survive this world and get these messages from this ai machine but long story short basically you you start off with getting kind of trapped on this area and you need to find a way out is pretty much the the story there is this like exposition and backstory at the start which i found to be kind of confusing but i felt as if i didn't need to sort of worry too much about that until it gets uh pushed forward later so to speak uh also dipped into uh guardians of the galaxy um i literally only tried to sample the game which was about 20 minutes 20 minutes 20 to 30 minutes it seems all right seems all right so far uh the combat's kind of interesting um i mean i haven't actually fought against anything yet but i I practice shooting oh i practice shooting a couple of different things in, in the game um, I actually caused this uh, accident on the game, this like small accident. So I was in this little area, you, you play as Star-Lord I think the whole way through. And at the start at least you've got Groot and uh, Rocket Raccoon with you. And I was like practicing shooting, I was, just pra- I was just shooting against some different blocks and stuff. And I made this block kind of fall down in front of everybody. And uh, Rocket and Groot like had a moan about it. But, but in the kind of like... Guardians of the Galaxy com- comedy type of way. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, you know, I wasn't a fan of the uh, Square Enix Avengers game. But, um, you know, this is from a different developer. This is, I think, I- I- Idos Mon- Montreal. Um, and you had Crystal Dynamics behind the Avengers. So it is still Square Enix, but it's a different developer. So I'm going to give it a uh, give it a good shot, I think. So um any thoughts on either of those two games, uh, or, or any of those three Psychonauts two, Metroid and Guardians? I'm curious if you had played any of the other Metroid games before this. No, no, I hadn't. So now you get the now you get what people say when they call a game a Metroidvania game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, did you have any interest in uh, those two, uh, uh, Metroid and Guardians? I might pick up Metroid at some point. I'm still kind of looking for a travel game uh, for my Switch. I just It's just the places that I go, I don't feel comfortable you know, leaving, either leaving my Switch in the hotel or bringing it with me considering I'm going to uh, parole offices. So Right, right. Okay. Um, I've heard Metroid is pretty short, that you can either like explore and unlock a bunch of stuff, or you can kind of run your way through it. I think I'm going to try and do a bit of a mix of both, but I do seem to be picking up a lot of, like, rocket upgrades quite early, so, uh, I think what I'm going to do at the moment is try to focus a bit more on Metroid, and then go to Guardians afterwards, so, uh, there's, there's that part of it as well, um, because I, I know I said before about bringing my Switch to, uh, to work, um we're on half term this week so we're not actually going this week so uh, i can kind of temporarily throw that plan out the window but uh, if i'm still playing metroid when i go back on monday i'll probably take it with me and still do that kind of thing um and i know i mentioned before about doing that with luigi's mansion but i did say as well that i wanted to focus on new games for, for the rest of the year so i'm going to kind of try to finish metroid and then go back to uh luigi's mansion because that wasn't from uh this year so there you go 
I've also played um, uh, Vader Immortal, which is a PSVR game. Uh, I really like it. I really, really like it a lot. There's three episodes. They're only about an hour each, roughly. Depends on how long it takes you. There's not really many, like... Actually, I don't know if there's any collectibles that I've picked up. It's a very linear type of story. Uh, seeing Darth Vader in front of me in VR is very cool and somewhat intimidating. Because, you know, he's Darth Vader. Who, who wouldn't be intimidated by Darth Vader? Um, and I got to the point where you're doing, like, lightsaber duels. Which you're, you're using your PlayStation Move controller for. Which is perfect. Uh, and then I got to a point where you can use the Force in the game as well. Which is really, really cool. Uh, but there's this there's this section actually in at the end of the first episode I think where you're fighting a bunch of droids and ba- the basic gist is that um uh so you you know how the actual lightsaber it's, itself it is you could almost use it like a PlayStation Move controller you kind of use it like that when when you're doing the one on one lightsaber duels you can put the other controller down and hold it with two hands so you're actually properly and it, it fully follows your motion and everything, even like different wrist turns and and that sort of thing, which is really really good. And then you basically like you can see the enemy is going to hit you from the left or the middle or the front or the top or wherever, and you just sort of like, you know, duel off against them. And then they, they'll have a point where they leave themselves a bit vulnerable, and then you can actually attack them as well. But uh, that uh, is pretty much perfectly done in the way that you can basically use your PlayStation Move controller. As a lightsaber, I mean, there's there's not there's not many better ways to play a Star Wars game than than that really, or well, especially for uh, for a lightsaber and stuff. So, because you can choose your own movements yourself and everything. So, uh, and then with the force controls, you basically uh, move your hand around with the other move controller, and then you press a button, you grab and pull stuff, and you throw it, and and that sort of thing. It's it's really cool. Uh, does that sound uh, good to you? Sound like a a, a fun game? Yeah, I've always liked your love of the VR games. I just wish it wasn't such a massive investment of money and equipment and physical space that I don't have right now to try to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that's what I mean with VR games before, is like you can just do different cool things. You've got the, obviously the immersion of actually being there, so it's like a full 360 kind of thing. Um, and then it, it depends on the on the way that the game implements its different controls. Um, but yeah, having having an actual move controller as a lightsaber is you, you can't get really more perfect than that in in VR. It's it's really quite good. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. I I finished the two episodes. I've got one left. I'll either play that tomorrow or Friday or something. Because uh, I thought I would just like finish that off first. And then, because uh, it's it's quite short and everything, so, and then I might I might do one of my little like scripted reviews or something. I don't know. So we'll we'll see. Uh, that's pretty much everything we've been playing. Obviously, I've had a bit more time this week because I haven't been at my afternoon job, which has been uh, which has been nice as well. Trying to make the most of that time. I've only got two two days left, which is uh, time just goes too quickly, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, all right, let's get into a bit of housekeeping and then we'll get into all of our other news. Uh, we haven't actually briefed each other, but uh, that's fine. I think we'll probably have different things anyway to talk about. So anyways, jump into some housekeeping first and then we'll get to some news. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which 
is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show alright so uh, recently on Entertainment Talk uh, we did our Walking Dead World Beyond podcast this week this is for season 2 Excuse me, episode four. Uh, so we're almost halfway through the season. Uh, so I did that today with David. That's season two, episode four of The Walking Dead World Beyond. So we did that podcast earlier. I uh, did a couple of other episodes this week. Uh, one was for the AHS cast, which is the American Horror Story podcast, for season one of the American Horror Stories uh, spin off TV show. The difference with this one is it's anthology per episode instead of per season. Uh, you can watch that on FX on Hulu or FX in in the US, and that's on Star through uh, Disney Plus in the UK. You can watch the first season of that now. I really really enjoyed it. I uh, thought it was great, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in season two. Uh, season ten of American Horror Story, so the main show, has just started here in the UK, and I intend to talk about that once the season has finished, which is how that works. Uh, so that's for American Horror Story. Uh, bad things happening in the Man United corner. Uh, Manchester United lost 5-0 at home to Liverpool on, um, what day was it on? It was on Sunday. I'm trying to forget that that happened. So, uh, but that was a really, really bad result. There was some heavy discussions this week about the manager being sacked because he can't really get the team to play well. Uh, but he is going to be in charge of, uh, this Saturday's game against Tottenham so uh, Tottenham are going to have a good time with that I think Uh, there is no Tuesday or Wednesday game this week because we're not in the Carabao Cup because we got knocked out of it in the first not the first round whatever round it was that we we played that in but doesn't matter anyway Uh, so that's the United cast stuff Uh, over on analyzing television I did an episode called the Netflix strategy talking about somewhat of their 
uh, strategy in terms of renewals, cancellations, the way that they dump loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of shows onto their platform, some of which nobody ever hear about because, and then, you know, those shows get cancelled sometimes. But Netflix, I wanted, to take, I wanted to take a look at Netflix because they're a very particular kind of streaming service. There isn't really any other streaming services or networks that kind of operate in the same way that Netflix do. So I wanted to take a chance to talk about them. Uh, I did my season 3 review for Titans on HBO Max. I gave that a skip rating because I thought it was another bad season of the show. You can listen to the first half of that spoiler free. Actually no you can listen to. No the whole thing was spoiler free excuse me. Uh, You can listen to that if you want to hear me talk about why Titans season 3 was so disappointing. Uh, Other things that we've got, uh, last week on Gaming Talk we talked about FIFA and EA falling out over money, eFootball's disastrous launch and the future of video games. I did another podcast called It's Time for Diversity to Lead the Screen, talking about the balance of diversity in uh, media, but specifically with lead characters and how there's still somewhat of a lack of them in media. Uh, but also looking at lots of different properties that are and aren't uh, more diverse with how they're handling their own media, whether it's TV shows, games, or films, because I put the screen, so TV shows, games, and films, uh, so talk to all about that as well. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, I've done a podcast wrap-up for that. That was last week uh, after the first episode of Season 7. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. I do plan on hopefully seeing uh, No Time to Die tomorrow. Uh, It's quite a long film, so it's going to take a big chunk of the day out. But uh, as I said, I've got a bit more time, which is good, because I'm going to need it for that film. So look out for that, possibly uh, review tomorrow for that as well. Uh, Let's get into some news. what have we got first uh we've got a little update from cd project red let me just click on the screenshot that i've got so they put a post out i think this was across all social media but i took a screenshot from the one on instagram um something that was pointed out about this particular message usually when cd project red puts out information about i don't know a patch for cyberpunk or an update for the games that they've got Uh, They usually have it in like a yellow background and black writing. This time they went for a white background and black writing. So, a bit of a difference there. Says, uh, Dear all, we have an important update regarding the next generation updates of Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt for consoles and PC. Based on recommended supplied... uh, Based on recommendations... Uh, supplied by teams uh, supervising and development of both games. We decided to to postpone their releases until 2022. Our current target for Cyberpunk 2077 is the first quarter of 2022 and the second quarter of 2022 for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. This is for the uh, next-gen update versions of the games because, of course, both games are out and available to get. But this is for their uh, next-gen versions of their games. Um, but yeah, suppose these things happen, you know, again, I I, I mean, let's look at this very, very realistic, really, right? 
if there's some people out there that are waiting to play, let's say, let's say more with Cyberpunk, this would be more likely with Cyberpunk than The Witcher, right? So recently released game, it's only coming up to a year old. Obviously it had a bit of a troubled launch with all its bugs and glitches and everything else. If you're somebody that's been on the fence, right, and thought, hey, I've got my, let's say PS5 for example, could be Xbox Series X, but let's say PS5, you've got your PS5, you've heard about some troubled things with Cyberpunk, and you thought, you know, um, we will just, uh, I'll, I'll wait to get the next-gen versions of, uh, or the next-gen version for Cyberpunk on my PS5, so that you get more of like a full next-gen experience. If you've already, if you're somebody that's been waiting for for the game, right, and you know it's already available on previous gen consoles, but you've already heard issues about it, if Cyberpunk 2077 then came, let's say it got, let's call it a re-release for for lack of a better word on PS5, right, the next gen versions. If those versions then come out for Cyberpunk, for, specifically for Cyberpunk, right, and it doesn't work properly, CD Projekt Red are just going to be in a deeper hole than what they already are. So you've got to look at it that way. I mean, yeah, there's going to be people excited for this and anxious waiting for, you know, they've got their next-gen consoles and they're waiting to play Cyberpunk on that. But if you're CD Projekt Red and you know how much of a hole you're already in because of what's happened with uh, Cyberpunk, you're going to definitely want to wait for this sort of, let's say, second attempt almost, this upgraded version of your game to be properly ready this time uh would you agree where, where, where do you sort of sit with uh the up, uh, next gen update versions for, for these games yeah that's definitely not a thing you want to screw up because uh, they've already screwed up too much mm-hmm. so we'll just have to see what actually comes out and uh what is what state it's in when it does yeah yeah because you don't want to have like a re-release of this game and but like uh, but uh, bugs and glitches galore and you know you, you don't want that to happen again because that will just make people think even worse of your company so and you know to be on the really realistic side that will probably just get you more death threats from people which is I, I know shouldn't be happening but uh, I know shouldn't be happening but uh, still that's probably is what's going to uh, end up happening alright um Let's move on from that to talk about uh, what's the next thing I got here. Uh, Square Enix is developing an Avatar: The Last Airbender video game, but it is for mobile. Um, I saw a lot of people in the comments section of this on Twitter. This was tweeted by Fandom Gaming. Uh, says via Square Enix, and. You could understand. I, I mean, I, I I'm not really like a last uh, Avatar, last Airbender fan. I can't even say the title properly. Uh, I've I've seen like bits and pieces of like the cartoon and things like that, or or of the film or whatever. Um, it's a franchise that could potentially be interesting. I've just not taken that sort of first step. But you could understand for 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 a character that has what like elemental powers. I think he's got. The, this this avatar character, mm-hmm. you could make a pretty cool game out of that, couldn't you? Um, and you'd understand if you were a avatar fan, right? And you read that first bit. Square Enix is developing an Avatar: Last Airbender video game. You'd think, oh, cool, and your mind would probably start running away with the ideas of how that could work. 
and then you read it's for mobile and then you'd probably start to i mean for me i started thinking about how restricted that would be because it would be restricted and uh, i mean we don't know what this would end up being but uh a little bit disappointing i think um but yeah what do you think of uh an avatar game for uh mobile have you seen like the show or anything i've seen a little bit of the show i think i watched the movie once when i was trapped in an airplane i do know that they did make an avatar the last airbender game for the 360 and it was one of the notorious games that where you could get a thousand gamer score in less than 10 minutes oh yeah yeah i remember that wasn't it like you sit in the corner and you shoot a bunch of powers or something yeah you literally stand in the corner and spam wind power and you just keep knocking down enemies, and in like 10, 15 minutes, you get a thousand points. Huh. So it wasn't very uh, varied in achievements then, if you just do one nope. thing to get them. So, uh, yeah, because even with games that can be a little bit more diff- easier to get trophies, sometimes you still do different things, you know, to, to get them. So that just sounds, well, you're literally doing the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, but what do you think of uh, this mobile game? In development it really kind of depends on the type of game it is if it's like an endless runner those tend to work really well on mobile uh-huh. if it's just a cheap cash grab with endless uh, in-game purchases then you know it just needs to die in a fire mm-hmm. yeah yeah so but that's your update for uh, avatar the last airbender uh let me go on to my next thing i'm gonna have to scroll through my there we go. Uh, just had to look through my tabs on my phone. Uh, Warner Brothers fighting uh, brawler fighting game is what I've got next. So it says here, this is from PushSquare.com, which is where you can go and get some PlayStation news. Warner Brothers is allegedly making a uh, brawler game with Fred Flintstone, Gandalf, Batman, Shaggy, and Scooby-Doo involved. Uh, it says want a uh, want a loopy rumor to kick off your uh, kick your week off in uh, the right way. Warner Brothers is allegedly developing a Super Smash Brothers style mascot mashup featuring characters like Fred Flintstone, Johnny Bravo, Gandalf, Shaggy, uh, and and Shaggy. Sorry, and of course they mentioned Batman earlier. Uh, the game apparently named Multiverses. Multiverses uh, was initially tagged as NetherRealm Studios' next project because they're the ones that uh, developed the uh, Injustice games, which are both very, very good. Although uh, Gobby Insider Jeff Grubb uh, has since hit up social media to clarify that the title is apparently real, it's being developed elsewhere, so not by NetherRealm Studios. He said uh, this Warner Brothers platform fighter is real, but it, it is not a NetherRealm game. Um, obviously the uh, Venture Beat scribe has a solid track record so you can probably bank on the information being provided here <clears throat> uh, this story it said this story started life on Reddit because you get like rumours and things posted on Reddit and stuff where it's acclaimed that the current roster includes the following characters uh, Shaggy, Gandalf, Tom and Jerry I don't know if they would be like a pair or you could play them individually I don't know uh, Batman, Fred Flintstone, Mad Max and Johnny Bravo uh, according to the leak, <coughs> this project uh, started life with the Ultra Instinct uh, Shaggy meme. I don't know what that actually is. Uh, which saw fans reimagine the Scooby-Doo star as a Dragon Ball Z character. Interesting. Uh, he was later incorporated into the opening credits of animated movie 
uh, Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. <clears throat> uh, and Warner Brothers liked the idea so much they decided to greenlight a mashup brawler. <clears throat> excuse me, in the same style as a Super Smash Brothers. Obviously, there have been a number of plays at Nintendo's uh, uh, fighter formula, including Sony's own PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, that's going back a bit, and the recent Nintendo All-Stars Brawl, which I think is coming out very soon, actually. Uh, none have um, ever really captured the magic of uh, Sora's LTD series, uh, though we're sceptical on how the rumoured cast of characters ultimately fight and come together. I like this idea. I like the idea of different sort of uh, brawler games. Um, one that I actually wanted to kind of happen was either a Marvel or a DC one. Which would kind of fit the bill for like a Warner Brothers game I suppose. Because then you, you could not only include Batman but other characters as well. Um, I wonder if this is going to be a theme that we start seeing. You know Smash Brothers has been incredibly successful and popular. Uh, Nickelodeon's decided to do it with their all-star Smash Brawlers. We've had PlayStation's attempt... Uh, what do you think of where this kind of theme and genre is going, and what do you think of a uh, Warner Brothers version? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm vaguely familiar with the Shaggy meme. I just remember seeing that a couple of years ago. Basically, he was just reimagined a fighter on like a Superman level in terms of power set. Um, not actually shooting laser beams out of eyes and whatnot, but just in terms of, yeah, how does that person actually be a level of power? Um, Again, something like that would really just kind of come down to the gameplay. I mean, I've played good fighters, I've played terrible fighters. And they have horrible beat-em-ups before there's been, what, like, two or three Marvel versus Capcom games? I mean, if you want your Marvel beat-down, it's pretty much where you go, so... Right, right. I could kind of just about hear what you said then. You were breaking up a little bit, but... Uh... Yeah, uh, I mean, a DC one could be good, a Marvel one could be good. Heck, if you want to do something on the Marvel side, just do a Disney Brawler game, because you've got so many characters that you could use, because then you could implement Star Wars characters, Marvel characters, Disney characters, Pixar characters, Fox characters. Uh, you could have Alien and Predator fighting Woody, Iron Man, and Darth Vader. Like, why, why not? There's There's so many characters that you could use from. Um, and I do like the idea of a Brawler game more than an actual, you know, Tekken-style 2D fighting game. As much as I like the Injustice games, they're very, very good. Um, that's kind of what I would like next. So I, I am curious to check out the uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawlers one as well. So, uh, and m maybe one one day PlayStation should definitely make another attempt. I mean, they've got quite a few new characters since their last attempt. I mean, I don't even think that uh, uh, Horizon wasn't a thing back then ghost of tsushima wasn't a thing so there's Jin and aloy that you could include obviously all the the normal characters like uncharted last of us god of war ratchet and clank um don't know if you could have crash because that's activision but uh there's there's a lot of different areas you could do it you could also do a ubisoft one you could do an ea one um quite a few different ones i think so uh, is there any particular company or ip that you'd like to see as a brawler game not really, no. I mean, outside of maybe Disney, just because they own half the characters now. Right. You could you could throw enough in there, but not really anything jumping out at me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of Mickey Mouse fighting against the Predator, or uh, 
What's the wackiest idea I can think of? Homer Simpson fighting... Versus Yoda. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader or something against Yoda. What's like the silliest one that you could do? You could do like Maggie against... Uh, uh, Thanos or something. <laughs> like, you know? Thanos versus Itchy and Scratchy. That's cool. That's that's cool. Yeah. See, hey Disney, it's it, it it's just sitting there waiting to happen. Just just do it. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next thing. Uh, this is to do with the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, there's a transgender developer who left the Guardians of the Galaxy team. Uh, she's praised uh Idos. I think is how you say the company's name. Uh, for crediting her and doing so correctly. So there's a bit of information to uh, to go through here. Uh, a trans uh, developer who worked on Guardians of the Galaxy. So the, the newest one that came out. Not to be confused with the Telltale game. Which came out 3-4 years ago. But the, the newest Guardians of the Galaxy game that came out this week. Uh, so a trans developer who worked on Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, left... Um, but left uh, developer Idos before the game's released has praised the studio for cre- sorry for crediting her despite her departure and for doing so with her new name. So uh, cl- this might be pronounced slightly differently. So excuse me for butchering it. Chloe Velux, uh, C L O E, and then it's uh, I don't want to attempt to even spell the, the surname. Let's just say I- I'll just say Chloe for lack of better understanding of of the name. Uh, but uh, Chloe, I think. Uh, worked on the game for three and a half years. I uh, didn't even know this game was in development for, for that long. Because we only heard about it a few months ago, didn't we? At a... Um, mm-hmm. Is it a state of play we saw the game at, I think? Um, it might have been. I think it was, yeah. Wasn't it that long state of play where they showed like Spider-Man and God of War? Or was it before that? I think it might have been before that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's it's got it's come out pretty soon after its initial release any, or initial uh, announcement anyway. Uh, so she worked on the game for three and a half years and was promoted to technical level design director, quite a title, before leaving Idos uh, a year before the game was released. So about a year ago today, so October twenty twenty, I'm assuming. Uh, it follows uh, recent news that some developers on Metroid Dread were not credited in the game after leaving. I can't comment on that because I don't know anything about that. Despite their work in, uh, despite their work appearing in the game, Chloe's expectation by industry standards was that her name should have been included in the additional thanks rather than uh, with a uh, with her specific role, a role that she took over. Um, two predecessors uh then there's a tweet from the woman herself uh well i'm very humbled idos uh not only actually kept my name in the credits despite the fact i left one year before shipping they used my new name instead of my uh it says here dead name i'm not quite sure exactly what that means and they uh, kept me as the technical level design director rather than additional thanks uh so there's like i think there's sometimes at the end of games there's like hey we also want to give thanks to so and so, and then she says thanks a ton for that. Uh, it, and there's a quote here that says it makes me feel uh, like there was a conscious decision to keep my name in that role, and I do not know who I have to thank for this. Uh, Chloe told Eurogamer, which is what, where this article is from, uh, I expected little and was given a lot more recognition. It certainly made me happy to see that Chloe uh, legally changed. Her name just ten days before leaving her role, so pretty good of them to include it so like 
with, with arguably such sort of short notice. Uh, meaning most of her colleagues knew her by her different name. It doesn't have that different name listed here. Uh, the vast majority of the time I was there, I was a uh, dead name. Maybe it says dead name here because she doesn't want that uh, her her other name mentioned, but her name's Chloe at the moment anyway. And not even out to myself. Uh, she said, seeing my name there in this this screenshot was unex- was an unexpected surprise. What's more, she feels relatively unknown in the industry since transitioning because uh, the name change. I never expected this tweet to be shared across the globe. Thousands of people, most of them devs, uh, liking and retweeting from studios all over. This is crazy. Uh, I have only good things to say about this industry, uh, says Chloe on her transition. During my years at IDOS, uh, when... Sorry is when I came out to myself and then to the whole studio after agreeing on a plan with HR. Of course, we don't have specific details about that. I have been supported by everyone from the start and I begin my transition. Sorry, and I began my transition there and then, uh, pretty much bringing everyone with me on this journey rather than waiting a year or two before changing my uh, presentation. Uh, couldn't have been easy for everyone and I know I had many allies who took my defence when I was off camera. One of the benefits of uh, forming meaningful, meaningful relationships with your co-workers. Uh, Chloe now works, because of course she's left IDOS a year ago. Uh, Chloe now works as a senior technical de- designer at Relic, who I'm not quite familiar with. And then it says Guardians of the Galaxy released this week on uh, different platforms. Yeah, good on you, Idos. Uh, or I, is that how you say that company's name? I, Idos Montreal. It's, I've always it's... heard it as Idos, but then again, Idos. I say Hyundai and you say Hyundai. Okay, that's the car company, isn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, E I D O S is is the name of the company. So they're the ones that developed uh, this Guardians of the Galaxy game, of course, published by uh, Square Enix on lots of different platforms. Uh, yeah, this is good of them to do. And given what it says here about the 10-day period and everything, uh, there wasn't kind of a whole lot of notice per se, but they managed to get the credits changed and things like this. Now, some people might be listening to this and thinking, like, why does this matter? Why is this important? This is... I feel like this is quite important, to be to be honest. Um, not just because of the support that she's had around her transition. That alone is very, very important. But for her to have something that she worked on before she transitioned and then have the team, you know, the support around the team and then the, the name change in the credits. I mean, sometimes sometimes in order to understand a situation that you might not be in, you've got to kind of put yourself in that person's shoes for a moment and, and just think to yourself, if I was this person who's in a different, very different situation than what you've probably ever been in, uh, or many of us has, uh, have maybe not been in, how would you feel if these things were happening to you? Sometimes in order to get that perspective, you have to kind of put yourself in those shoes just to kind of understand a situation that's that you might not like, not likely sort of be in, uh, to, so to speak. Uh, but no, it's good that they, they changed it and she certainly seems very, very happy with it. And to, to me, that's the important thing at the end of the day. I know some people won't care about this. Some people will say it's stupid or, or whatever they want to say. But at the end of the day... They're doing. They did that change or whatever it was to support her and her change and her leaving and do, you know all this other kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, 
they stepped in to support her and to change you know the, the name and the credits and everything and she's ultimately happy with the outcome and that is what matters i think so uh robert what do you think of this uh situation <clears throat> well game designers and game developers and basically anybody working on a tech level of a video game is them getting credit is fairly new in and of itself and when i say say fairly new i mean maybe mid 90s I mean, that was pretty famous out of the Atari 2600 era that none of those game designers or game developers ever got any credit whatsoever for their games. Um, as people know, if you've either read the book or seen the movie, um, the first Easter egg was actually a developer hiding his name in a video game. Um, as for the rest, I just don't know enough of background to really comment on it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, she's ultimately happy with the situation. To me, that's the goal at the end of the day in this situation. So uh, it seems like it worked out for everybody, which is which is great. So and she's getting the support that she needs. I'm hoping that she's happy at her new job. Uh, I don't know what she's would be working on now, but uh, good all around. Is is good to have happy stories because there's a lot of sadness in the world at times, and uh, <clears throat> sometimes we just need a happy story. And I thought that was a good one to include. Speaking of happy stories, or at least one that makes me very, very, very excited. Uh, and like, like I said, we haven't briefed each other on what we're talking about. So Robert has no idea what I'm about to say, which is quite uh, quite fun. Um, so I really, really like the Quiet Place films. I don't know if you've seen them, Robert. I don't know if you're a particular horror fan. Where, 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 have you, where are you at with the uh, Quiet Place films? I don't watch horror movies. Okay, fair enough. That that tells me all I need to know. Um, yeah, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the first and the second one. I'm really looking forward to the third film that's coming out. I don't think it's A Quiet Place 3. I think it's a third film in the franchise. It's supposed to be like a spin-off or something. And shortly after I saw the second film, which came out in June. Gosh, was it that long ago? I waited like 14 months for that film, and now it's come and gone so quickly. Uh, after I'd finished watching that film and went home and did my review and really loved the film, um, I did a podcast about a couple of weeks later, or maybe a few days later, I can't remember specifically, which was for a video game pitch. Uh, now I didn't expect anybody to pick it up and, you know, sell it or, or do anything with it. It was just kind of me having fun with an idea, which was the, the idea behind that. Well, Robert... Uh, a Quiet Place movie is getting a single-player horror game adaption. My wish has at least halfway come true. I have no idea what this game's going to be like, but given that I did a podcast, which was for a video game pitch, I'm not saying that somebody saw my podcast and decided to do a video game based on what I said. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that was a film and a franchise that I thought you could make a very good game out of this. And at least for now, my wish has come true, which is which is very, very good. So a Quiet Place f- film is getting a single-player horror game adaption. It says here, coming in 2022. Uh, the A Quiet Place movie uh, series is being adapted into a new single-player horror game. Due for release next year, it's been confirmed. While platforms haven't been announced, uh, Sabre Interactive is at the helm of an original story and gameplay that captures the compelling suspense emotion and drama the big screen franchise is known for a teaser website is now live it just shows like a logo in 2022 it doesn't show like anything particularly but it was enough to still get me excited uh it's now live uh there's a link 
here that you can click on. If you type in like a quiet place game or something you could probably see it but there's it's just a logo in like a 2022 date uh, but a teaser website is now live which simply features the logo release here and a brief explanation of what the game will be just says like your standard kind of horror thing with, with that this will be saber interactive's first title as publisher from an external uh, studio with developer um headed up by illogica uh creative director Harv uh, Sliwa uh, said the A Quiet Place video game will let fans experience the tension of the films with a level of immersion they've never felt before. We're excited to work with EP1TOME, I have no idea what that is, uh, and team up with Saber Interactive to share this unique uh, vision um, of hope and horror with the players everywhere in the future. Uh, more information will it says here, more information <clears throat> will be shared later this year, which could suggest a reveal at the Game Awards uh, is on the cards. That's possible. Uh, that is speculation on our part. However, Illogica is a Canadian team that has helped uh, on Cuphead and ported Lara Croft Go to various platforms. Its only original title is uh, Siberia. <clears throat> an action uh, puzzler uh, puzzle game released on PlayStation 4 in 2018. Um, yeah, one of the really big aspects and one of, one of the things that I like the most is the very much the pin drop horror nature of these films. I mean, the hints in the title are a quiet place. Um, the films that for those of you that haven't maybe seen it or don't know that much about these films because they're, they're they're fairly big, but I don't know that they've been like groundbreaking I, I'm, I'm not sure i'm not sure where other people sort of sit with this franchise but it's very much sort of these characters have to be dead silent and i mean just completely dead silent and if you make too much noise there's these big monsters that come after you and they can rip you apart in seconds um but to me the sort of these are the kind of films to me that the big screen experience is built for these sort of like you know big screen great sound and everything you're sitting there just immersed and you're trying to keep yourself quite obviously you're hoping that other people are quiet enough and you're sitting there all quiet and these characters are just sneaking their way through these environments and it brings up so many horror themes or survival themes that i like which is trust what do you do if you come across another survivor survival how are you going to get yourself out of situation uh resources because they do come across that uh, a few different times and you know the the sound element itself which is just don't make too much noise uh, and they have to like live like that all the time um so that being put into a video game just is is really quite exciting to me i don't know if this would be my most anticipated game because i'm still really excited for hogwarts legacy and i'm still really anticipated for um uh, ratchet and clank it's just because the, the game's come out but i haven't played it yet so uh, those are the three games I'm uh, really looking forward to next. Uh, of course, I've not seen any of this game yet. It could be absolutely terrible. I have no idea. You know, I've been let down before, Avengers. Um, you know, I'm sure we've been let down by video games before. But um, I don't know. We'll have to just see how this goes. Hopefully, we do get some sort of reveal at the Game Awards or some point soon. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything today at a state of play. It would have been too soon. Uh, to be honest, but I didn't actually think a quiet place would get a video game adaption. I, I I don't know specifically why it just never really quite sort of 
you, you know when you're sort of wishing of certain things like oh i wish this company would do this and do that and make this tv show or this game or whatever it was more sort of just uh hey i hope it happens one day um but sometimes uh things that you want to happen can actually happen but uh this game could be excellent it could be just good it could be terrible i have no idea about that that's the next part of it to discover uh, of course, I have no idea how this game's even going to play. It could be third third person, first person. It could be something else. Um, but yeah, what what are your kind of thoughts on uh, how this could kind of go and everything? Hello. I think there is a real gap in the market for a good stealth game. Yes. Um, yes. And obviously, with the world that this is in, it would have to be. I mean, that's been kind of several disappointments in some video games to where you'll have a, a stealth section and stealth is damn near impossible, so you just run in, <laughs> blast it away like crazy. Yeah. Um, so if any any game could recreate like that Thief 1, Thief 2 level of absolute sneaky sneak, mm. it would be in this world. Whether or not they pull it off, that remains to be seen. But they're, they're definitely giving themselves the best shot with the world that they're entering in. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and to avoid repeating myself, I'm going to do something quite simple. Uh, for those of you that want to know what I want this, what I would want this game to be, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that podcast that I pitched. I'm not expecting the game to end up in that particular way because there was a lot of very specific ideas that I had. Uh, but that's it. Would be if you want to, if you want me to um, say in terms of what I would want this game to be like, just listen to that podcast because that's ultimately the way to get that. Uh, particular answer i mean if they even had anything remotely similar to the idea that i pitched i would be very very happy with that uh just a quick little answer i would prefer this to be first person um heck if you could get this in vr that would uh be really really quite exciting it would be really scary but like hey if you're gonna put yourself in the shoes of the people that live in this world it will be really really scary for them so uh yeah, that would uh, that would be quite good. I, I I mean, even still, a third person game would be some something fairly good. I just think, I just think for some for something like this that's particularly this series is particularly focused on immersion, and I think to ultimately achieve that in this type of environment, I think you need to go with first person. But you can do something in third person as well. Uh, but man, if if they make this in first person in VR, that's gonna uh, be really good. I think so uh, let's move on from that uh, let's go to my last point that I've got here uh, Far Cry 6 uh, now I'm not going to play Far Cry 6 because I don't want to and it's as simple as that I'm still at some point going to watch the story just to see what Giancarlo Esposito is going to be saying speaking of things that he's saying uh, I don't know if you've heard about this that is happening but Far Cry 6 is sending emails to players who drop out of the game written in the voice of Giancarlo Esposito's character called Anton Castillo, I think is his name. I've seen a screenshot in, I think it was a Facebook group that I was in, like a PlayStation Facebook group. And, uh, yeah, it basically is sort of like intimidating you to come back and sort of... You know how a villain... I'm, I'm sure for most people that have seen either like Mandalorian or Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul... You could just kind of imagine yourself in, um, let's say Giancarlo Esposito walks into a room, <clears throat> and 
you decide that you want to quit the game or like step away from it you could kind of imagine like him as a character intimidating you into like hey you're going to give up sort of thing now that's not quite the emotion that you get from this email but uh i suppose that's is kind of a cool thing i th- i th- i think this idea is cool and simultaneously weird as well um cuz the thing at the end of the day right if you've bought this game from ubisoft they don't really need you to come back and finish it because you've already given them your money so it's kind of a weird idea but it's kind of a cool idea as well the only the only reason that this is kind of a cool idea is because it's Giancarlo Esposito but then again it's only uh written i think so it's not as cool as it maybe could be um what do you think of this kind of strange idea that you get sent an email if you sort of step away i i assume there's like a timer of a few days or something and the game assumes that you've walked away what do you think of that as uh, as an idea? Yeah, I mean, as a plot point, I do think it's interesting. We've gotten to the point now to where games are way more interactive than they used to be. So something like this might have been like pre-launch a few years ago. They might have done something like this to people through their Ubisoft account um, that had played Far Cry 5 or 4 and then sent that email out, you know, intimidating, basically, like taunting them so i could i could easily see that as like a pre-launch marketing as a post-launch marketing it just makes me wonder if the retention rate is as low as some people say it is and people are just dropping out of the game without finishing Mm. that's true yeah i mean this is made kind of like ign news and stuff um maybe a lot of people are kind of giving up on the game then which goes to speak to the game's quality that i've heard of which is just this is far cry again and it hasn't evolved or anything uh which is what I, what which was what i said following the first gameplay thing that we saw which is my immediate reaction after playing i think three four and five and five new dawn i think i played the, all those ones i looked at the gameplay for far cry 6 and i was like yeah this hasn't evolved like at all um so yeah, maybe maybe it's just. I mean, it's time for it's time for kind of Ubisoft to freshen themselves up, not just the Far Cry series. Uh, so this kind of goes along those lines, I suppose. So uh, it's it it's a cool idea. It's a bit of a weird one as well. It it doesn't quite work, but uh, it is what it is. So, but but I, I I won't be getting an email because I'm not going to be playing the game. So there you go. Uh, all right, what news do you have to talk about this week? Well, my news is almost exclusively uh, Twitch-related. First up is the really, really big one. A growing number of streamers on Twitch are showing that their payouts from the Twitch site have been stolen. Most people are assuming this is after the big Twitch hack that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, Basically what it is is they figured out a way to bypass two-factor authentication, which is supposed to be one of the more secure ways to authenticate your account and they're redirecting the payments from either a wire transfer to the bank of the streamer or or to whatever PayPal account they have set up to a dummy PayPal account, let that transfer go through, uh, kill the dead account, and move on. Um, The first instance was reported by a streamer that goes by the name of Philadelphia, but many have come forward. One streamer is actually in the top 20 of earners and has stated he had 
over a five-figure payout stolen. Twitch's response is that, quote, after investigation, it appears the payout was sent to the chosen payout method. Twitch support is unable to recall or reissue payments that have paid and are cleared successfully. So they're saying tough shit. Um, the only thing that can be done really is to go into your account um, in the payment option and check to make sure that what you actually set up is what you set up. But outside of that, they don't have any response. Hmm. Yeah, that's bad. That's that's really really bad. Um. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I suppose the only thing somebody could do is share some kind of evidence or like. Uh, I don't know. That's a that's a tricky situation. Um, well, they have shown evidence in sense. In in a sense, uh, the streamer that I talked about. Um, that had the five-figure payouts stolen. He showed his last ten transactions. Nine were wire transfer, meaning he was sending the money directly to his bank, and number ten was a PayPal account. So that clearly had been changed. And the, however, I and I don't understand internet architecture on a security level enough, but they somehow were able to spoof his information to the level to where he never got triggered for a two-factor authentication. And I'm constantly getting pop-ups on email accounts that I don't care about that I use just as, like, spam catchers. Enable two-factor authentication. Would you like to enter two-factor authentication? You have not set up your two-factor authentication. Would you like to do that now? <laughs> this is usually when I'm checking email accounts on my mobile, right. um, when I just have to check it for whatever reason. And I get that it's supposed to be more secure, but clearly it's not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I've joked with like my mum a few times before because she like sometimes forgets her. I mean, it's easy to like forget your passwords. We've got so many different accounts for so many different things and and everything. Um, and I like help her out with her passwords and that. Whether it's for Amazon or ITV Hub or all four or, or something else. Um, it, it it's it's sometimes surprisingly difficult to do something as simple as like reset your password and get back into account it's especially in this day and age where it's like hey can you use 8 to 16 characters and an uppercase and a lowercase and make sure you don't use a space or an underscore but make sure you use like a special character so you end up putting like an exclamation mark in your password um and like... be sure to include a blood sacrifice <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, cause I don't know about you, but 10 years ago or so when I was at high school and, and college and stuff, I don't remember putting like exclamation marks in my passwords. I don't remember doing things like that. Um, yeah, like special characters, like, uh, I, cause, cause there's certain websites that say, Hey, you can use these special characters and you've got like the pound sign or the, the and sign or the percentage button. It's like, do you really want me to put a percentage button? character in my like password that's just that's just weird so yeah um but it it's sometimes surprisingly more difficult to get into your own account than it is for somebody to break into yours so yeah but uh, hopefully the situation gets sorted out with twitch uh i don't earn any money through twitch yet so i fortunately don't have to uh to worry about that yet so there you go um all right what else do you want to talk about today uh, well, in my second Twitch news, a number of 
well-known uh, Twitch streamers who have been banned, some in as long as over three years, have allowed to be returned to the platform. Uh, no, not Dr. Disrespect. He's still banned. Um, some of the more notable ones is uh, Velvet underscore seven. Uh, she's a Korean streamer. Her streams, I've seen a couple of them. They're basically porn. They're not porn, but they're basically porn. Who, but given everything who, that Twitch did say, with sorry? the hot tub meta. I'm sorry, what? Who did you say? Sorry. Velvet underscore seven. Okay. All right. But, you know, given everything that Twitch did with the hot tub meta, you can't really keep her out for what she was doing because it was way more tamer than what some of those hot tubbers were doing. Uh, another notable one is a streamer that goes by Low Tier God. He chose his name because he fancies himself a fighting game expert and chooses the lower tier, less played characters and claims to be awesome at it. But I've seen some of his streams. He constantly quits mid-match when he's losing, and he got challenged to a tournament live, no quitting, and he got absolutely smoked. <laughs> and it wasn't even close. It was like 7-3 out of 10. Um, and he got banned for repeated rage quitting. He's back. A couple others of note. Um, Helen Alive is back. Uh, Hypnotic something like that is back. Um, I lost the beats of paper that had all their names. Um, most people probably won't remember them. So I think Helen Alive... It was either Low Tier God or Hell in Alive got banned like over three years ago. But the fact that they're starting to reverse these bans, I don't know if it was like some weird appeals process or there's like a three-year ban that they just don't tell people about or what it's going on. So mm, Yeah. That just made me laugh with that guy you were talking about. Um, the amount of times I've... It's happened a lot more frequently than what you'd think, right? On uh, Call of Duty, yeah. Uh, if Especially if you're playing Cyber Attack. Um, which is what I mainly do. If you're in a party of six, right, because it's 6v6 anyway. If you're in a party of six, right, you can, if the, if the host, <clears throat> so whoever's the leader of the party, if they click on leave game, it will give you a question, do you want to pull out all the party members? And if you click yes, uh, it pulls all six members of your team out of the game, and then it automatically makes your team forfeit the game. And there's been a couple of times where, like, um, what was it? Me and my team, or whoever's been on my team, we've been losing, like, let's say 3-0 or something, right? Then we start to pull things back, we get to, like, 4-3, yeah? And it's it's first to five. And then we'll get we'll make it to, like, 4-3 or something, and then the other team will start noticing that they're just losing their momentum, they're not getting, like, what they want out, of, you know, they they just keep getting killed and losing. And you'll just, because it says in the bottom left corner when someone's left the game, and it gives you this little like chime kind of sound when someone leaves the game and you'll be like four something up and you'll just get this <laughs> this thing in the bottom left it makes this like particular sound and then it'll be like it has it have six different notifications left the game left the game left the game you know left the game and then you'll look at the scoreboard and the other team will just be empty and then what happens after that is uh once the round actually starts, which takes usually five seconds, and it will say enemy team forfeited, uh, ending game in twenty seconds, and then you'll automatically win. Uh, just it it just made me think of that when you said about this guy rage quitting. So, and it's uh, it's quite funny when that happens. So, um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, in terms of the actual bans things, yeah, it could have either been a point where they've returned and you know, their ban's been lifted, or they've done some sort of appeal which has taken a while, or some sort of 
thing like that. I don't know which of the two would be the more likely. But uh, what do you think of all that rage quitting and stuff? Uh, I mean, I can't say that I haven't done it before, but never in like a, a competition match or like a one-on-one versus, you know, real uh-huh. human match. I've rage quit plenty of games in my day, so but those are always against computer opponents. Mm-hmm. Hell, I still haven't picked up uh, Yakuza like a dragon yet because I don't have the energy to go grind five or six hours of levels to try to face that next big boss. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is that that really long thing you were talking about? Like where you had to go that quite I a bit? finally got past. Um, but then I got through like two and a half chapters of story because I just want to finish the story, and then I hit another unbeatable boss. Fortunately. This this one doesn't have that long line of bullshit at the end of it. It's straight, just straighten the door, go to the boss. But, you know, maybe I'll pick that back up this weekend and try to bang out a few levels. Hmm. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um. So this hot tub streamer thing, right, which I, I haven't seen as much on in the last couple of months. Maybe it's died off a little bit or maybe I've just not seen so much. So the idea is a woman would sit in a hot tub, I assume in some sort of bikini or something... And she'd what just chat to you because you can't. I don't think you could do full frontal nudity on Twitch, can you? Because you'd get what it, what it was. It was it was literally just you know um, showgirls. Um, yeah. What they mo- what most of them would do would be uh, be in the hot tub, and then anytime they sub, they'd write the sub's name on a body part, and it would just go and go and go, and just lonely, horny people would just throw giant piles of money at them, mm-hmm. which I don't have a problem with. These are idiots giving away their own damn money. Um, but it's just people exploiting the way the world is right now. We're yeah. all isolated. We're all alone. We're all desperate for connection. And somebody's like, I'll connect with you. Give me all your money. And somebody's like, here, take my money. Yeah. And they don't care about them. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a false sense of connection. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, not, not neither side of those things, people are really doing anything wrong or, or illegal. It's just uh, a particular way to do content, I suppose. So... Um, but yeah, I I mean, so you'd what just sit there and watch her chat to you, I suppose. It, um, some of them were lazier than that. I've seen like Twitch fails to where it was somebody literally asleep on a bed, not even doing anything, not even like saying or intera- interacting. They were literally asleep in sexy underwear on a bed, and people were just throwing money at them. Okay, that makes less sense to me, but. Yeah, the world stopped making sense a few years ago. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I suppose that's there if you if you want it. So there you go. And what happened with it was is that enough people complained that Twitch threw some hot tubs into its own subsection, and that's actually how the just chatting section got started. Is that there's a lot of female streamers to where the actual game was like a tiny little corner just imagine like a postage stamp on an envelope and that was the game and the rest of it was focused on body parts mm-hmm. and people complained and so they created the just chatting and like several of the top streamers were like good now we don't have to pretend to play video games anymore um but then they threw that into the um the hot tub category and no sponsor would touch it like this wasn't even like a ban or a protest or boycott or whatever. It's just literally, here's this category. And everybody's just like, yeah, no. And there was no money in it. And that's all they cared about. So the category died. 
I don't even know if there's like ten people in that category right now. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, content creator Rachel Hofstetter, who goes by the username Valkyrie, is facing criticism over a line of skincare products that she just released this week. Uh, not for the products themselves, uh, which is produced by a company called Reflect, R-F-L-C-T, was, but the criticism is coming from the claim that the skincare product will, quote, protect again, against and repair blue light damage caused by exposure to digital screens. Now, according to the article, there is no medical consensus that exposure to blue light through screens causes any actual. According to Dr. John Lawrenson, a professor of clinical visual science at City University of London, told the New York Times, quote, no one has established an independent causal association between blue light coming from the computer and visual symptoms. Uh, a prominent YouTuber and streamer promoting what they have, what some to appear to be Gaming brand and pseudoscience has sparked strongly negative reaction among many followers. A few pointed out studies indicating that blue light is, in fact, not harmful in normal doses. Um, according to uh, Lab Muffin, which I have no idea what the hell Lab Muffin is, Lab Muffin chemist and science educator Dr. Michelle Wong says that she really likes Valkyrie replied to a question if blue light has any effect on skin with a simple reply of nope. She then uh, goes to expand. Even with a big-ass monitor, you would need days or months to get the same effect on your skin as 15 minutes in the sun would. And if you do want to protect your protect from blue light from the sun, which honestly isn't even a big issue for most people, these products still probably won't do much, if anything. The active ingredients are antioxidants, which could potentially mop up the free radicals that the light causes to your skin, but that's so much less effective than blocking the blue light from getting to your skin in the first place like a sunscreen. So a lot of people have been dunking on her. A lot of people are saying it's just snake oil. Um, she's faced a lot of criticism for it. Um, I myself vaguely know who this person is tangentially. Um, I've said it on the podcast a few times. There's a, uh, YouTube channel called YouTube channel called Streamers Reloaded, where they talk about uh, news in the Twitch world. And I know she's come up a couple of times, but I just don't remember what context. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> the only in terms of like skin products and all that, the only person I follow, not because of that, because she was in the in the good place, uh, J- Jamila Jamal, uh, who was uh, Tahani in the good place. She sometimes comments on the. Uh, those sorts of things and tries to like expose bad companies that try and sell you bad products uh outside of that i have no like extra comments and stuff but uh be interesting to see if she found out about any of that so yeah yeah i mean uh, i have hand lotion that i use for when my skin gets dry in the winter here where i live it can get kind of dry especially with like artificially heated air but it's just whatever i grab off the shelf at the department store Mm-hmm. yeah so we shall see how they get on but uh yeah be something that Jamil would or Jamila uh would probably pay attention to so we'll see if she finds out about that maybe I don't know so all right what else did you have to talk about uh well the last thing I have to talk about is from the game New World which I talked earlier in the podcast um some New World players are exploiting a recently discovered bug that allows gold to be duplicated in mass quantities. 
Um, in the hours since the exploit has been discovered, Amazon issued a statement reminding players that intentionally... Oops. Where'd you go? He's gone. Oh, shit. We lost him, I think. Um... He was talking about new worlds, and then he went to a new world. Um, Robert has gone to a new world. The the, the game became real. <laughs> we will be right back. Alright, so Robert returned from his new world. Uh, what do you want to tell us? Um, where did exactly <laughs> did it cut off? I don't know. So just kind of going the, on a rant there. Yeah, just, just start from the beginning of the new world thing and tell us what you found in your new world. <clears throat> so basically with patch 1.0.3, players discovered that they could duplicate gold if they sent it to somebody, logged off, tried to transfer it to... Uh, their character to a new server which was introduced in that patch and they got hit with a player error they went back to their original server they still had the gold on them and they got the gold returned to them um, what I was saying was when I looked out of existence for a second <laughs> was that for except for a couple of circumstances gold is basically useless in new world um, there are no vendors so you can't sell anything you get collect get from a drop whatever Everything that you don't want, you have to scrap down, and that does give you some gold. Uh, you could put it on the marketplace, but it's a race to the bottom right now because since there are no vendors, any item that could be bought or you know found has no base level price, so everybody's just undercutting everybody else. Um, with the higher-end items, those items in the territories that the companies control put the tax rate so high that you actually wind up losing money on a lot of higher-end items if you try to sell it on the marketplace. I'm 26th, 27th level. I forget what. I haven't been able to log in for a while, and I haven't ever been short of gold without even half trying. Um, I got bored of my equipment, and I just bought a whole new set of everything and items that you would think would cost, like, you know, seven, eight hundred gold. We're selling for like fifty, sixty gold. Um, and things just don't have any value, and when things don't have any value, money doesn't have any purpose. Mm. Yeah. So is this a case of like, um, not not sort of launch it now, fix it later, but is this a case of they? I mean, clearly they just didn't get this system right. Then, uh, I mean, I've yeah. I, well, I've, there's. I mean, I've there's I've a lot of no things experience. that are broken with I've, the game. I've no experience of this game, so I can't speak to what it is specifically. But uh, what was you gonna say? Yeah, so there's a lot of things broken with the game. One user discovered that if you have it in windowed mode and you start a fight and you start dragging the window around, you actually don't take damage, which is crazy to think that the game client um, on a local computer can affect something server side. Um, That's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> no, it's a very serious problem. That means their coding on their servers is shit. 
Right. Um, right. The, the gold duplication is just another indicator that despite the fact that Amazon has all the money in the world, they can't hire any talent when it comes to coding games because this kind of thing would have never flied in any other game. Mm-hmm. So who who developed this game? Amazon. Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. So they got some uh they got some work to do then it's a uh, lot of work to do yeah. yeah it sounds like so uh anything else you want to say about that no um i mean i still play the game from time to time like i said in my you know 30 second review if you like crafting there is more crafting than you could possibly handle um if you just like doing generic abc quests there is quite a ton of that to do it's just the the game it doesn't work completely 100%. It's like if you have a car that's got like a wonky wheel. I mean, you can drive the car, but you still notice that wonky wheel if you do something with it, or the radio's busted, or the window doesn't go all the way quite up to the top. Hmm. I was going to make a football joke, but I don't know if you'd get it. So, Because um, many United fans joke about Ollie being at the wheel. Uh, and my dad sometimes makes that joke to me, but I said to him after the Liverpool game that yes, Ollie's at the wheel, but the wheel has come off. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there we go. See what happens with the new worlds going forward. Uh, let's get in some emails, feedback, and whatnot. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe concerns about anything that we've said to do with video games or just get in contact with Entertainment Talk, you can email. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org we are on Twitter at etalkuk there's also the contact page and information in your show notes the two quickest ways to email us which one one of which a lot of you actually do use is if you scroll down on the post for this podcast there's a big email box you can't really miss it unless you scroll too fast but don't scroll too fast Uh, if you scroll down a little bit it will ask for your name email and message and then you put those in you press send and then you're done you can also click on and or copy and paste the email name it's up to you which one you want to do and you can use that as well jessica writes in says i know matt uh has talked about not caring about graphics in games uh that's sort of what i what i said uh what's at the bottom of robert's list i think she means for like things that you care about in games because that's like at the bottom of my list again a game doesn't need to look special or pretty in order for me to enjoy it which i've talked about before uh to me it's in terms of well gameplay really should be a number one because you're making a video game uh then probably your characters and your story are, are the next things um what's what's kind of at the bottom of your list when you, you when you start a new game you're expecting certain things out of that game what kind of is at the bottom of uh that list I think it really depends on uh what the game is and the game style like if you take a game like a jackbox game obviously graphics are not going to be high on your list because it's meant to be a very simple basic game in terms of the visuals um if you're talking about like a, a top tier game like the uh, god of war ragnarok or the next uh, uh horizon game obviously graphics are something that's going to be talked about even if it put that much stock into so something like that it would really have to just depend on the the style the genre um the gameplay 
what the game is at its core versus anything else, and you'd ha- kind of have to go from there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It depends on the uh, style of game, what you've actually got, and everything. So, um, but yeah, game gameplay. I think there's a phrase called gameplay is key, but yeah, gameplay very much needs to be at the top of uh, of your list. Obviously, the technical side of your game. Make sure your game actually works as well. That's important. Although sometimes it doesn't ma- that doesn't matter to certain companies. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so uh, there we go with that one. Uh, Harrison is written in with something very simple. He said, "I started Iron VR." And just wanted to say thank you. And I would just say you are very welcome. Because uh, somebody listened to me uh, for a change. Not that more of you don't listen to what I suggest. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, just because I say that something's good doesn't mean that you have to go and watch it or play it. It's just based off recommendations. And if I say that you should skip something, it doesn't mean that you have to. It's just uh, my my perspective on whatever that particular thing is. But... um. Yeah, you are welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. Let let me know what you think if or when you finish it. Hopefully you do finish it because it's a very good game. Uh, I was actually thinking a bit about it when I was playing the uh, Star Wars uh, Vader um, Immortal game. Just because it's still that kind of, you know, I, I, I've said before about wanting to have more DC Star Wars and Marvel games. Or more, more Disney DC, more, more Disney and DC because Star Wars and Marvel comes under the Disney banner. And I also want more Disney games as well. So I suppose Disney and DC is more of what I'm asking for. And both of those fit under those two banners with the Star Wars game and with Iron Man VR. So, uh, any thoughts, Robert? Um, I'm, you know, I, like I've said before, I don't have um, the ability to have VR. I just don't have the space and I the equipment for for it either on my PS4. Or my home computer, um, but you know I like the concept of the games. It's one of those things that it clearly could be pretty cool. I just haven't really had a chance to play it because that's one of those games that you really have to play. You can't really just kind of experience from a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, we do have a bunch of videos on the YouTube channel for Iron Man and on the website if you do want to have a look at what the game looks like. So check that out as well. Uh, Kaylee, I think, says, uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy out, uh, what other types of games for superheroes would you want? Uh, as I said, more Marvel, more DC games. Star Wars doesn't really come under superheroes, but, um, I, I mean, I could go for an Injustice 3. Um, I would may I would probably play a brawler style marvel game but that's not kind of like you're talking about types of games that wouldn't those wouldn't be really at the top of the list a, a brawler would be good um just more third person action games give me more games like spider-man give me more games like what uh, looks to be decent with guardians of the galaxy um or more more, more first person games as well because i've enjoyed so far uh vader immortal and uh obviously iron man vr as well even the um uh, Spider-Man game that you can get on VR, not not the web shooting one. I think it was the Far From Home game. Even that was pretty good. You could kind of, sort of fly or not fly, swing around the city. It was a bit dodgy. It was like a free demo, but it 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 posed a good idea, I suppose, because you could essentially use the two move controllers, shoot out your webs to the buildings, and then 
you know, pull your arm back so that you're doing a swinging motion. It didn't quite fully work that well, but again, it was a free demo. Um, but there's a there's a foundation for an idea there, I suppose. Uh, but the idea in Star Wars that you can like use your move controller for a lightsaber is just perfect, and then you can use the other one for uh, using the Force and things, which is good. Um, I do think in terms of PSVR games, because there's no analog controller, analog stick, sorry, uh, you are a little bit limited what you can do with movement. But then I then again I say that. You, I mean, I'm talking about more in terms of walking because in Iron Man VR, when you're playing in VR, often you, when you've got the Iron Man suit on, because you you do play certain parts as Tony Stark, but when you're playing as uh, Iron Man in the suit, most of the time you're not walking forwards or backwards or whatever. You're flying in the air, and that worked pretty well. Um, but do you get what I mean in terms of that? There's certain superheroes you'd struggle to do in VR just because mm-hmm. the, the 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 movement thing hasn't quite been figured out I suppose uh, like there's, there's games where you can either like with the Walking Dead games you can press the, the I think it's called the T button on the controller and that starts you moving forward and then you can kind of use things like square and X or something to like shift left to right it, it, it gets the job done for what they what they do with those games but you are somewhat limited, but more more sort of uh, Disney and DC VR games would be great. Um, in terms of like actual controller played games, just just more third person action games, I think would be uh, a great idea. Just just to just do more of what like Spider Man's doing on what Batman's done in the past. Just you know, put those characters in their cities. So obviously, you've got Gotham, and then you've got um, New York with uh, Spider Man. And then just give somebody an open world to go and explore. Uh, although if you're going to do that, you do need to kind of use a character that can traverse quite well. Obviously with Batman, you can use a grapple and you can glide. With Spider-Man, you can swing around. Um, makes me curious about what they're going to do with the Wolverine game in terms of uh, traversal. Maybe you can like dig your claws into the walls or something and jump up really high. I I, I don't know. Uh, what about you? Any Any types of games you'd like so not like uh specific superheroes but what type of games do you think could fit certain characters i think it would depend on really what the story is like with the wolverine game you don't really need to traverse in a base or something or if he's just in like a solo woods area so you wouldn't really need like super speedy traversal uh, definitely climbing for like aerial attacks things like that um so it really kind of depend on the power set of the hero in question. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, anything you'd want particularly from a Star Wars game, maybe? Mm. Yeah, that's true for Knights of the Republic, but we'll hold judgment on uh, maybe another X-Wing versus TIE Fighter game. I mean, we kind of got squadrons. But let's be honest, the actual space shooting of that was pretty minimal. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, we shall see what we uh, what we get from uh, the future of those. So, plus we've got... Uh, what's the other two that we got on the way? I think Skype has gone again. Um, we've got uh, Gotham Knights coming out, obviously, which is going to be Batman Arkham Knight-esque. Um, 
And then we got the Suicide Squad game, which is, they're both like third person action games. And then we've got, uh, yeah, I mean, that could work as third person, but you never know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, plus on the slightly different side, we've got Hogwarts Legacy. We can do some pretty cool stuff with that. So there we go. Anyway, Skype's starting to, uh, crack up, uh, I think. Uh, so let's uh, we're at the end of the episode anyway so let's just do the outro uh, in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcasts as well uh, possible review tomorrow for No Time to Die uh, possibly doing something else on Friday look out for that uh, Manchester United have got Tottenham on Saturday night so look out for that and then we'll sooner or later be back to another gaming talk and Walking Dead and those sorts of things so look out for all of those uh, you can check those all out on entertainmenttalk.org you can also find us on your favourite podcast platform just search for Entertainment Talk uh, if you like what you've heard then you can support more of what we're doing you can either listen to more episodes or which can be found on the two places I just mentioned um and Skype has ended. Alright, I think I can just I can finish the, the outro without Robert, I suppose. Um Yeah, sorry sorry for all the technical difficulties this week, everybody. Uh Robert's like on the road and stuff, so uh there we go. Alright everybody, uh Robert's uh gone now because I just need to do the outro and that's it, so you'll see him all again next week. You'll all again see him next week. Uh, anyway, let's just uh, do the outro. So, like I said, you can find all of our content on entertainmenttalk.org and you can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, if you want to support the podcast Entertainment Talk, you can also let other people know about what we do and where they can find it. Over five years worth of content and over a thousand podcasts, so lots and lots of things to be able to be listened to. Uh, you can either just tell them what we do and where they can find it. Word of mouth, social media, so Twitter, Facebook, that sort of thing. If you want to find the newest TV and film news, uh, the up-to-date reliable TV and film news, David has got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and you can find Geektown Radio episodes on Tuesdays. Those those can be found either on that website or by searching for Geektown on your favourite podcast platform. You can also find Beck streaming very regularly over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there. You can also find me on Twitch streaming sometimes, UK over on Twitch for those different streams and if you miss them you can find them archived later on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks everybody very much for listening and we will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>